Last Sunday, the gospel was about the wise and foolish virgins waiting for the arrival of the bridegroom. And we saw that the bridegroom was Jesus. The lamp was the heart, the very core of the human being. And the oil that fuels the lamp are the works of charity, that grace, that the grace of faith is always inspiring us to do. Whether we are wise or foolish, in preparation for the Lord's arrival is completely up to us. Each of us is solely responsible. So it's not by accident that our gospel tonight immediately follows. When the Lord comes, there will be an accounting of how we chose to use or chose not to use the talents that we were each given. Jesus tells us in the story that a man, obviously quite wealthy, was about to depart on a very long journey, and he left three servants with sizable but very different amounts of money. The man is Jesus. The servants are those in his church. From the time of his ascension into heaven until the day of his return is the long time. It helps to keep in mind that one talent was the equivalent of one lifetime's worth of income. That's what the measure of a talent was in Jesus' day. One person's lifetime of income. In other words, the Lord entrusted one servant with five lifetimes worth of income, another with two lifetimes worth of income, and another with one lifetimes worth of income. This scandalous divine generosity speaks volumes about the level of confidence and trust the Lord has in his servants and, by extension, in each of us. Our tendency, however, is to zero in on the fact that each servant received a different amount. And in our culture, we don't think that's fair because we fail to realize two principles. First, God is free to give what he chooses, the amount he chooses, and to whom he chooses. Second, Jesus tells us God gives to each according to what? His ability. And here we must confront a harsh reality that rubs against modern sensibility. We are not equal. More disturbing, perhaps, is that God neither loves nor treats us equally. Instead, God loves each and every one of us with 100% of his being. How we allow ourselves to experience that love how we respond to that love, what we do with that love, well, those are very different matters. God does not look upon us as a school of fish, but a deeply, as deeply loved individual sons and daughters. Was it fair that the master didn't give each of those men the same amount? Was it fair? 
that God didn't give me the same set of skills that he gave you? Was it fear that God didn't give you what you see other people having? They are really foolish questions and a waste of time to dwell on because God is not fair. There is no Hebrew word in the Old Testament to describe God as fair. He is described with the, wor described with the words just, holy, righteous, loving, faithful, compassionate, and trustworthy, but never is he described as fair. Because he loves each of us with 100% of his being and knows us through and through, he gives, as Jesus makes clear in his story, to each according to his ability. No more, no less. The men who were given five and two talents invested them and in doubling their value. The man who received one talent dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. Even though his master had confidence and trust in him as he did in the other two, he chose not to use what he had been given. And therein lies the dilemma we all face, to use or not use the talents we have each been given to accept how much confidence and trust God has in us or not. There's always, of course, a risk in using our talents. We could fail. We may find that life has thrown us some really nasty curveballs, and we, what we could once do, we can't do now, and we have to relearn how to do things all over again. On the other hand, we might be wonderfully successful discover something new about ourselves, and that in using our talents, we inspire others to use their talents. The point is that whatever we have been given, whatever the amount, a choice has to be made. The servant who received the one talent received what his master knew he could handle, no more, no less. Like the other two, he had to make a choice. What kind of choice did he make? Jesus opens his parable to all kinds of interpretations here. Perhaps the servant was jealous of the other two. Aren't we sometimes jealous of what others have accomplished or worked so hard to obtain? Even though he received a lifetime of wealth in his one talent, was he jealous of the wealth of, his, of the other two? Jealousy is a nasty demon. It can effortlessly take over one's life. Perhaps he was angry toward his master, to God, for not giving him as much as he did the other two. When we do not get what we think we deserve, when we do not get what we think we can handle, we often blame God. By burying his talent, he was denying God the harvest. The talent he was entrusted with should have produced in the world. Perhaps, as Jesus suggests in the story, fear took over. But was he afraid of his master? 
or possibly afraid of the trust and confidence his master had in him, and therefore the hard work, the sweat equity it takes to put one's talents into action. It would be so much easier to be lazy and just bury it. Fear, like jealousy, is also a nasty, all-consuming demon. I remember my father, shortly before he died, telling me that there is no shame in a man being afraid. The shame comes when he allows his fear to stop him from doing what he knows he must do. The long time shall come to an end, says Jesus, meaning there will come that moment when he returns to bring human history to an end. And each person in his church must give an accounting for how he or she used the talents he or she was entrusted with, the confidence and trust that each was given by God. May we each use the talents we've been given. May we each cast aside jealousy of the talents of others and rather rejoice at the diversity of talents that can enrich all our lives. May we support one another, challenge one another as we put our talents to use, not only for our good, but for the good of all. Then, when the long time ends, and may it be tonight, and we're all standing before Jesus, none of us shall have any cause for shame or regret.